You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. So guess what? 100th episode of the podcast. Here we go. It's Inkrat here, Forex Trader and founder of Desire to Trade. Welcome to episode, in fact, 100 of the Desire to Trade podcast. I couldn't be more happy to say that number right now. 100 episodes of the podcast. It feels really awesome. And there's been more than 100 recorded, but it's been 100 interviews, 100 general episodes published. And I really want to thank all the guests who've been dedicating time to come on the podcast, share the best tips. I get people reaching out every week with testimonials, feedback, that they got some real results in trading from the podcast. So the proof is here that this is really helping people. And I like that. And the goal is to make this podcast the place where you can grow as fast as possible in trading. That's always going to be the goal. And I want to help you personally to reach your goals. Whether it's going to be to travel and trade, trade for other people, or have a job in a bank, possibly. Up to you. Everything is possible. And we have pretty much all the guests to help you guys achieve your goals. But in addition to the guests, I also need to thank you for tuning in every single week. That means a lot that so many people come and listen to this every week. I don't think my voice is that pretty, that great. But we've had some really good guests to add a lot of value in the podcast, which is awesome. So this week, I've decided to sit down with a previous guest of the podcast, one from which I had a lot of positive feedback. People liked this episode. It was recorded more than a year ago. So I decided to bring back the guest and do kind of a follow-up interview, which means cover some of the topics we've covered and go a little bit beyond. Maybe give you guys some tips if you like the first interview. She is an amazing day trader, which I consider to be the number one cross-section trader when it comes to day trading. And what I like the most is her big emphasis on simplicity, which I think is most needed in the trading world. So that being said, please help me welcome the press action day trader, Kim Krumpas. Kim Krumpas, welcome back on the podcast. How's it doing today? Hi, Etienne. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to have guests back. And I guess the first question we'll ask you is maybe what is new since the last two we did together? Well, since you and I talked last year, which was actually just a little bit over a year ago, We've got a new website up now for Price Action Traders Institute, and we have an entirely new members area. So we made it really user-friendly, and we also have a video tour of the membership that people can see on the website if they want to take a look at what you know Price Action Traders Institute is about. We did, I did all new training modules for people that come in. So they're trained right away. There's 10 modules, very to the point modules. And I've got a new London trade planning specialist, Kevin Hunt. He's one of our members who's been a really successful price action trader. And he now runs our London trading sessions. So I do the New York still, that hasn't changed, but we've added Kevin Hunt out of London to work with the European, Asian, and Australian and UK traders. So that's kind of what's new. It's all new website, new training, 
everything is just really, I don't know, I want to say ideal for price action traders, people that are interested in that anyway. I like that. Pretty, uh, it's quite a lot has been done the past year. Yeah, it's, it's been more than years even, so it's pretty interesting. And yeah. I guess this is going to be like a follow-up interview, so we'll try not to touch the exact same topic as we touched the first time. But I guess, yeah, could you introduce yourself a little bit? Because people might or might not know who you are and what you're doing. So introduce yourself to us. A little bit yeah, sure. Yeah, so I live in California and Northern California, and I've been trading for just a little bit over 16 years now, most of it in the Forex market, but I traded other stocks, options, things of that nature, futures, et cetera. I'm also a CPA, a certified public accountant in California. I don't practice as a CPA, but I'm still licensed and keep my license up. And I've been working training with traders probably since 2005. So about what, 12 years I've been training traders. And this Price Action Traders Institute that I set up was about five, six years ago. So this is a whole new venture for me working with traders, Forex traders in particular, who want a simple day trading method. And part of the reason I got into this was because the markets changed back in 2008, 2009. And I went from being a long-term you know, position trader, swing trader, to realizing that the risk right now that exists in the market, I want to be in and out and flat at the end of a session. And that's what I teach and train traders how to do. So it's really day trading. It's not, you know, looking at a long-term chart. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to people who think that swing trading is more profitable than day trading or is easier possibly? Yeah, I think it depends on your schedule. So for instance, if you are the type of person that can not, you know, some mornings it's short and quick. Like last week, we had some mornings where we were done within a half hour after the New York equities market opened. And then there's other days where we might sit for two hours or three hours and then shut it down. So if you're someone who can't you know, trade during those hours, in particular, if you live in the US, traders have to, I get up at 5 a.m. So I'm here on the West Coast, like I mentioned. So my traders that live on the East Coast, you know, it's 8 a.m., when they most likely start looking at charts right before the 8.30 news release. So if you have a day job, you might not be able to do this. So swing trading, position trading might be better for someone like that who can't fit this into their schedule. Mm -hmm. But I really like the fact that you're not saying day trading is like the only way, which is really good. Sometimes people think that there's like only way to succeed, but I think you have to go right. with what you're comfortable with for sure. So that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is no one way at all. I mean, there's one, no one method. In fact, I talk to members about this all the time. I don't even care if you trade using my methodology. All I try to really help traders understand is that it's consistency. So find something, whether it's what I teach you or something that you like, but just do that, stick with it because so many traders get bored they think the system doesn't work and they run off to the next shiny object or system. Oh, so yeah. it's consistency. Okay, cool. I'm just curious, would the methodology you use be able to work on a higher time frame as well? Or I guess it's maybe not something you've tested, but do you think there's a possibility for it? Probably not, because it's very specific to the 15-minute chart. So what I teach, no. I mean, I could see maybe on a daily 
candle, maybe. But, you know, I just really wouldn't encourage people to try to do this on a higher time frame because there's a specific way of looking at the market and it requires a short time frame to do it in the way I teach traders to look at the price action. And it's a very simple way to look at it. So probably not on a higher time frame. I wouldn't suggest it. I guess whenever you start day trading, I guess the biggest part is going to be the preparation in the morning. And I think you're like a big proponent of this where you prepare yourself a lot to like look yeah. at the market and do your analysis in the morning. Could you get yeah. us through what you're doing on a daily basis? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're absolutely right. I very observant of you. I do have a very <laughs> diligent process. I want to say a routine. And my routine really starts the prior evening. So for instance, this evening before I go to bed, I will make sure my charts are all, you know, cleaned up, no lines on them, et cetera, et cetera. So I have my charts cleaned and ready. I also have my trade journal open and ready for the 10 pairs that I analyze first thing in the morning. So those two things. And then the third thing is, this is all before I go to bed. I want to take a look at what's the red news that's scheduled for tomorrow. So I don't ever have to really think about it. I know, oh, okay, tomorrow is FOMC or tomorrow is, you know, CPI. So I know what's coming up before I go to sleep. So those three things, charts are cleaned and ready. My trade journal is ready and open. And I know what the news events are scheduled. Now, the day of actual training, well, I guess there's one more thing. Fourth thing is get to bed early enough so that I get seven to eight hours of sleep, oh, yeah. believe it That's or not. Yeah. That's a big one. I can't believe I forgot that. So then those four things. So getting a good night's sleep is so critical for being able to interpret data on charts and to be able to react quick. So then I wake up at 5 a.m., like I mentioned, and I take a quick shower, get dressed. And at 5.15, I have a cup of coffee and I'm at my computer doing my trade plans. So I look at what was the price action overnight. And then at 5.30, if there's red news, I'm ready to trade that red news. And then at 6 a.m., I start the New York trade planning session for my members. And what that is, is 20 minutes to 30 minutes, really quick. We go over 10 pairs, 10 of the most common pairs that Forex traders like to trade. And we go over the trade plan. I tell them what the plan is. This is how I'm going to trade the Euro. This is how I'm going to trade the EJ. And I do all 10 of them. And it takes me about 12, 15 minutes to go through one cycle. And then by that time, a candle has closed. So then I go back through and then I just kind of update the plan with them. And so then everyone leaves and then I go out on Twitter by 6.30 a.m. Pacific. I'm out trading alongside my members and supporting members and tweeting out my trades, et cetera. And then lastly, trading's done. I summarize it in my journal. I post it on Twitter what my results were and I usually am posting what my trades are. And then I go do something fun and for close the charts, forget all about it. So that's it. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. I like really it's, simple. Yeah, it's, it's very structured, but it's very simple at the same time. So probably everyone could do it. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't take anything. It requires no special skill or no anything, tools really to do anything other than a nice notebook to keep your journal in. Um, because we believe in using writing to actually make that, you know, hand mind connection about what you're doing. So 
That's it. Yeah, I definitely want to jump into that because I'm a big fan also of like paper notebook, which yes. I use a lot when I trade, less when I swing trade, but like mm -hmm. when I was trading a lot. So mm -hmm. how do you track your trading those? Do you like throw out a small chart or some patterns you want to trade? How does that work? No. So what I do is, for instance, this morning I took a euro dollar trade and I took it on a what I call an RBO range breakout. So I'll just write EU S S for short, let's say one, if it's my first trade on the euro in the morning, S1 at, and I'll put the price real quick in my journal, short it, let's say 22. And then over to the right of that, I write RBO. So I know it was a range breakout. And then after the trade's done, I'm either stopped out, I either punch out or it hits my target. So then I book the, you know, write down the number of pips I either booked or I lost or broke even or whatever the result was, I write it down. And then I just summarize it. In fact, I've put out sometimes, um, I'll take a photo with my phone of my trade journal so people can see it's really simple. But that way I know exactly what I've done, how many trades I've taken, what were the winners, what were the losers, and what my net result was. I like that. How different is that from a typical journal, let's say with Excel or something? Well, it's different in that a lot of times with Excel, because I do have some traders that like to automate and that's fine. You know, you have to do what works for you. But again, I believe in this writing it down because you it forces you to really not just type something in and kind of be emotionally removed from it. But when you write it down, there's a little bit more of, I don't know, just keeping you honest about what you're doing, um, slowing yourself down emotionally and saying, oh, I took this. And also, when you go over it at the end, too, you can, I write notes sometimes, like today was, you know, today was a great trading day. Price moved really quickly. We were in and out of the market, most of us, in 45 minutes. We don't get days like this often. I'll make notes to myself in the journal versus just typing it on some spreadsheet. Now, what I do do, I do use Excel for one thing, and that is I use my trade journal. I write everything. I write the daily total at the top of the page. And I take those each day of the week that I trade and I summarize and I put out on Twitter, usually on Thursday, because Thursday is my last day of trading for the week. I'll say I made, you know, XYZ pips today and I ended the week positive with 200 pips. And then I'll put up into Excel, I put in the weekly total. So I keep a running total so I can compare 2016 with this year, 2017. And it's really interesting because what I'm finding this year in particular, and this is where the value comes in maybe with using a spreadsheet, is that I can see instantly that the market dynamics conditions this year have changed dramatically. They've gotten more compressed. There's not as much volatility. The news isn't as surprising as we think it would be given the global uncertainty and all that. So when I look at this, I go, wow, 2017, I was, you know, there was so much price action, so much volatility. And this year, it's like tight, real tight, which has, you know, changed how we would prep what I call press trades during day trading, which means we would go for a couple targets versus now it's like get to a target and book your profits. Mm -hmm. So it's changed. it, And that's the value of the spreadsheet. I can see at a glance, like, oh, compared to last year, this month sucks or whatever. Pardon my French. Yeah. 
I like that. Cool. <laughs> and one of the one of the things that I think happened after the interview is that you inspired me a little bit more to day trade and to push it a little bit more in day trading, which I mm. I really started to like also. But one mm-hmm. of the main reasons I stopped is because I started to travel and I found it really difficult to trade, to day trade and travel. So yeah. if, if you were to travel, what would you do differently? How would you adapt your trading methodology? You know, that's a great question because I used to travel a lot more than I do now. And I would trade from hotel rooms or wherever I was staying, Airbnb. And I found it really hard to do. And so what I ended up starting to do when I do travel is I might trade one to two days a week. And then if I can help it, not trade at all. So if I'm going to travel, I'm going to travel. And I do take time off and, you know, from the membership from trading like three times a year. And I don't want to look at the markets. In fact, I want to get away from them because I know when I do, I have such a good perspective when I come back. I'm refreshed and ready for whatever is given to me. So I think it would be hard to do it full time, travel and day trade. But I don't know. Maybe you can tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, because the thing is you lose all the uh, kind of the consistency you have at the beginning because your environment is changing all the time, which makes it hard to keep the same routine you have back home. But yes, I guess yes. a lot of practice and we're doing the same thing all the time, even when you're like anywhere. I guess it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of yeah, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the time zone changes also, too yeah, yeah. would yeah. take you a while to adjust. And, you know, then it might mean, you know, for instance, if I went to Europe, you know, I'm not going to trade the New York session. Possibly I would trade the London session. So I don't know, you know, you'd have to adjust your, even maybe your, the session you trade based on where you are in the world. So. Is there a reason why you trade only the New York session and not London session? Because I know day traders trade yes. like the London session, even <laughs> in the US. So I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a great question too, because I've always been a big proponent of the New York session. And the main reason, of course, is sleep. And, you know, not being awake in the middle of the night. For me, the London session starts at midnight, California time, and it's 3 a.m. for people on the East Coast. And you really, I mean, you think you can do it. And I've done it. I mean, I have traded the London session back in the day. You know, when I first started trading Forex, everyone said, oh, you can only make money if you trade London. And that was like, no way. I have to figure out a way to trade New York, become really skilled at New York session trading and make that my expertise. And that's exactly what I did because of sleep. And I found that I was getting so everything was off with me physically. And I was always tired and it messed me up waking up at 1130 at night (laughs) or even to try to I would try to stay up. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so screwed up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you keep persistent lifestyle, too, which is a big part of trading. Yeah. 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 And you know, the other thing too, here's the other big thing is I found I can make just as much money. In fact, I don't know, lately the New York session seems to be really kicking it. So you don't need to trade London to be successful at this and you don't need one session over the other. They both move when they move and they both don't move when they don't move. I like that. And speaking of trading some session, are the setup the same? And what would be your favorite setup in New York session? Yeah. So what I teach is applied exactly the same in the London session as well as the New York session. The only difference is that in the London session, we are looking at the price action. When I say what to price, that's the first question. What to price do overnight? 
they are only looking at what did it do during the Asian session up until the start of the London session. And then when we come on for New York, London is still going. So when we look at, or I look at what did price do overnight, I'm looking at everything from the start of Asia through, you know, the first five hours of London to see. So that's really the only difference. And, you know, I don't really have a favorite setup because really what I teach, there's only two setups. There's two basic setups and those incorporate re-entry techniques after, you know, either getting a stop out or profits are booked. There's different ways to re-enter the market that I teach people, but there's only two setups. That's I kept it so simple that the market's either basically what I call a clear directional move. So it's trending either up or down on a 15 minute time frame. Or it's stuck in a range. And those are the only two possible setups. And it's really simple. So I don't have a favorite one. I just want to make money if I can. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's That's my favorite setup. And I guess when you're saying that, the first thing you do is identify what price done. I guess people Mm -hmm. could go like a long way in that. They they could start to draw trend lines, ranges, like pretty much everything possible. (laughs) Are there some things you look for? Or my guess is that you're keeping it really simple. But yeah. I am keeping it simple. No trend lines. Nothing goes on my chart except the candlesticks. And then I use this thing called a yellow line, which is just a visual. So traders know, hey, this is where you're going to enter this trade. So they know exactly where to get into a trade. But yeah, it's pretty much, it's very simple. (laughs) And it's not even based on number of pips. It's really based on a visual look at the market. Like when you first look at, say, the euro, you can tell like this morning when we got up from New York, it was in the planning session, it was ranging. It was in this 24 pip range. It had gone up, it had gone down, it had gone up and gone in either direction. So it was simple, the pairs in a range. And then finally, during the New York session, it broke out to the downside and then became, turns into a clear directional move because it actually began a move to the downside. So yeah, it's like I said, really simple way to look at the market. And this is one of the questions asked by one of the listeners of the podcast. So as an Mm -hmm. indicator, would you be willing to share your trading result? And if not, why? Yeah, I actually, I do share my trading results. I have no problem with that. I do it daily on Twitter and I do it weekly and also monthly. And then what the members get though from me is that they get a little deeper look into my actual trades because I also hold a teaching webinar on Wednesdays, three times a month. And in that webinar, for instance, last week, I went over all the trades in detail that I took that morning. So the webinar is at noon, California. We traded it in that morning. So what I do is I record everything I do. So I recorded, I took the video from the morning's planning session. And I said, here was our trade plan on the Euro. And I take a screenshot from the video. And then I compare it to what did the market actually do and how good was our trade plan and did I trade the euro and what did I do with that trade? So traders get to see, oh, this is what she said the euro was doing this morning. This is what the euro did. Yeah, she took a trade or no, she didn't take a trade or there was no trade to take. So they can see the whole progression. So they see it from beginning to end. So the traders and the members get a little more in-depth look. Now on Twitter, I also put out a lot of times I'll throw a screenshot out of my trades so traders know exactly what I'm in. Here's the other thing that's really great. 
I'm not the only one posting my results. A lot of my members do. And Kevin, the guy who runs our London session for Patty members, he also posts his results. He posts daily, he posts weekly, and he posts monthly. So everyone knows what we do, win or lose. Like two weeks ago, I had a losing week. Every day was just awful. And that goes out there in the universe. It's like, here it is, Twitter. I lost Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I ended up with a losing week. That's just the way it is. So yeah, the other thing is the way I train traders to trade is that once they learn it, they know pretty much I'm taking that trade. And it depends on, again, you know, I can only trade X amount of open trades at one time. So if I'm fully loaded, what we call fully loaded, I'm not going to be able to take everything that presents itself, every trigger. So, and it's funny because once you learn it, and you'll see that a lot of us, if anyone follows us on Twitter, they'll see that most of us are in the same trade and at the same price. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's that specific. That's interesting to see the, uh, the color vision you have on Twitter. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool. People are really engaged in that. So yeah. And I guess there's maybe too much of an emphasis on this in the kind of trading world, but I think most important than your trading results going to be what result your student gets. And I think that's much more important at any point. Yeah, I believe that too. I'm with you on that because yeah, I can trade and I can do well, but if I can't help you become a good trader, then, you know, what good is what I do to you if you can't do it, if I can't help you get there to be a consistent trader? So yeah, I agree. That's the real measurement of a training person is can they get someone else to do what they do and do it well or better in some cases. Sometimes my members do far better than I do. It all depends. Mm -hmm. I like that. And let's get back to two weeks ago. So how do you end all the tough times or like the losing weeks, for example? Yeah, well, that's where my keeping my trade journal and the Excel spreadsheet that summarizes everything comes in as key for me because I'll look at it and it gives me perspective. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm doing really well for the month. Yeah, I had a crappy week last week. I lost, but I managed to keep those losses under control. So, you know, I'm big on let's try to keep things in perspective. As long as you don't do anything insane, like go off the farm and violate your rules, then there's nothing to be upset about. There really isn't. I know that, you know, yeah, I don't, me personally, I'm okay with it. I'm sure there's people out there that go, wow, she teaches people how to trade and she lost money last week. But I don't really care no. because that's just a little blip in the radar, right? It's, and this week, it's been slow so far. But last week, it was great. Last week, I had an awesome week. So I know that's, you know, being in, this, in the markets for so long, you tend to know or you start to accept or you should accept that you know what, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be bad weeks, and there might even be bad months. So, you know, that's just the way it is. And I think you get to a point like yourself where you're caring more about your process than anything else. So it's not about the win and loss, it's about your, your whole process overall. Yeah, that's exactly what it is for me. You hit the nail right on the head. And in fact, sometimes, like I told my members the week that I lost, I said, you know, there's not much volatility in the market. We need volatility to make money. But I guess the 
Worst thing that happens is I feel like I'm a thoroughbred horse and I'm ready to run and there's nowhere to go. I mean, that's the worst feeling. It's like, oh, the market's not making any big moves. So I can't get much done inside this environment. But as long as I stick to my process, I know that, yeah, the outcome will take care of itself. Cool. And do you ever find yourself deviating from your training plan sometimes or not respecting? Never. Never. Never? <laughs> I used to be that kind of trader years mm. ago. I was always, yeah, violating, moving stops, removing mm. stops. What else did I do? Didn't want to book profits even in a big winning trade. Kept thinking the market would keep going. Yeah, I had a real hard time with that initially. Like I see a lot of traders do that come through my virtual doors. Uh-huh. What would but you I don't do it people? anymore. What would <laughs> you do those people that are not respecting the rules? Is there like a, a key that they can implement to start to respect their plan? Yeah, well, here's the biggest thing I tell them. I'm like, you know what? It comes down to this and it's really simple. It's like, do you want to be able to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, you know what? The outcome's the outcome. But damn it, I followed every rule I was supposed to. And say la vie. It is what it is. I like to feel good. I like to feel good. I like to be, you know, have integrity. And I say, can you trust yourself? If you can't trust yourself, then, you know, why are you trading? Because you have to be able to trust yourself to not break the rules, no matter what's happening. No matter if you have 10 people saying, wow, this is a great trade. Why aren't you in it? No, you have to like draw the line somewhere or else you never will draw the line. And that's what it came down for me. It was like, you're either going to do this or you're going to keep feeling remorseful and, you know, upset and losing money and at inappropriate times. And I like to feel good. So I chose that. Just follow the rules. It's so much easier. I like that. And you believe in the value of trading signals or those signals that you would give people and what to enter, what to exit? You know, that's a tough one because I don't really believe in signals, but the way I teach everyone, they know exactly where to get in the market and they have some flexibility based on their experience level as to where to get out. But if you don't learn to be responsible for your trading, taking signals is like, I don't know, taking trading signals is for people that are trying to trade something so convoluted that the person giving the signal doesn't want to teach for whatever reason or show. So yeah, I'm, I don't I'm, really I'm believe in them. Yeah, yeah. I cannot believe you can be successful with signals anyway. So pretty, mm -hmm. uh, you have to learn how to do it at some point, I think. Yeah, you have to take responsibility because really trading, and, and this is something I tell everyone, trading is really just a series of judgments and then decisions that you make based on your judgment calls about what you see in the market. So as soon as you learn how to, you know, either make better judgments so that you can therefore make better decisions, you're going to be much further along the curve than someone who just follows some signal blindly and doesn't really understand what the heck they're doing. And obviously not everyone who follows your course are going to be successful traders, but I wish yeah. everyone would be. But what do you think is that, that people who follow courses are not successful and what should they do to uh, fix that? Well, you know, that's very true. Not everyone is going to be successful. And there's a lot of people out there that aren't successful and they struggle. And, you know, I've had some people just have to give up trading because they couldn't 
get their head on straight. So unless you're working with a trading mentor who understands that a belief in consistency as a trader is really just a state of mind and can help you understand that, embody it, you're going to have little chance of succeeding because the technical part, which we already talked about, that I teach is super easy. It's simple. Okay. So people can grasp it very quickly. And most do, even if they're a beginner trader, they can. But where people fall down is holding on to their profits, you know, keeping their heads screwed on straight when they take losses or have a losing day. So not everyone has a psychological bandwidth to truly get what trading is all about. And that's not a judgment about people or, or something bad. It's just fact. For instance, for me, I know I could never be a good doctor because I don't like blood and I don't like to see people in pain. That's neither good or bad. I just could never be a doctor. And some people can never be traders. But a lot of the trading takes place between your ears in your mind. And that's why I spend one webinar every month on trader psychology because it's such an important topic. And that's the webinar that everyone loves. They get the technical stuff and they'll have questions and that's normal. But really where people want help is with the technical stuff. I mean, with the trader psychology. And so we study a lot of Mark Douglas's book. And because there's such gems and jewels of wisdom in there about trading. So it's between their ears. That's what happens. It's between their ears. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably agree with me that the only thing it comes down to at this point is to respect your plan consistently. And there's not much to it than that, I think. Yeah, it's not some big secret. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's not. It's like everything that you and I have been talking about, it's in the public domain. It's, you know, but it does. It comes down to respecting your process, following your plan, and just staying committed to that no matter what. Even if the, you know, sky's falling, you just stick with your plan no matter what. And what do you see as the kind of time learning curve for people who start to trade with your program? Can you tell at some point, like six months, they're going to be profitable or not necessarily? You know, it depends on their psychology. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But I mean, the technical aspect, they can grasp fairly quickly, like one to two months. If they're experienced within a month, if they're, let's say, intermediate, been around for let's say five years, they'll probably get it in one to two months. And if they're a new trader, might take them three months to get the technical. And then it's on to the psychological. And that's where everyone is separated. They either have it. Like Kevin, who runs the London session, that's what made the biggest difference for him was the psychological component that I've mentored him on and everyone else. And he picked it up very quickly. And he completely changed his trading. In fact, there's an interview on my website on the blog that I did with Kevin just to, you know, we share sometimes members stories to hear kind of about their trading journey, where their pitfalls are. And every one of them, it's their psychology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just the way it is. And I would probably say the same for me. It's been that. But I think to get that psychology right, You kind of have to surround yourself with the other traders. It's like no other way. Or you could read books, but I don't think the effect is the same. I agree. You can't just get it from a book and you have to be in the market to experience the psychology, the breakdowns, the challenges that all of us face. And you have to have some sort of support system. And you 
you know, the more you can hang out with traders who will back you, like my trading members, they're really good with one another. They encourage, they support one another. And that's what I love. Like if one guy has a crappy day or feels bad, all these, you know, guys and gals will jump in to support that person. And it's just great because they're not alone. Someone else might have had a crummy day too, or a great day. And we all kind of celebrate together. So yeah, you need to be around other traders and that's the who are in the same mindset. kind of mindset too, you know, that can support you. Yeah, right, right. And that's a part of a community for sure. Any mm-hmm. other advice you'd yeah. like to give people? Anything we didn't discuss that you think is important to cover? Let's see. No, I can't really think of anything. I think we talked about pretty much everything that I would talk about. So I appreciate the time and the opportunity to connect with you again. And I love watching where you go all around the world. I think it's fascinating. (laughs) So So what can people find you if they want to connect with you or reach out or see the institute you have uh, online? Yeah, so they can go to priceactiontradersinstitute.com and they can contact me there through the website or they can read and look at some of the blog stuff, listen to Kevin's interview, get a tour of the members membership area and send me any questions. Reach out to me on Twitter at Price Action Kim and let me know you listen to this interview and I'll be happy to connect with you. Awesome. And Kim, what kind of goal do you have for the future? Oh, brother. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Is it that different from the last episode or? No, not really. No, I think it's pretty much the same. Awesome. So I'll ask you the question that I asked the first time on the podcast. So that would be if you could give only one piece of advice for traders in one sentence, what would that one sentence of advice be? That one sentence of advice is that consistency as a trader is a state of mind. And once you buy into that and understand that, that's the day you start to turn a corner. Awesome. That's a different one. I love it though. Yes. <laughs> Kim Krumpas, <laughs> thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to connect with you again. Thank you, Etienne. So that was it for episode 100 with Kim Krumpas. I really hope you guys liked it and I hope you got some lessons to apply. I still like a lot the idea of day trading as though I don't day trade that much right now. But if you want to get into it, Kim is definitely the expert in that topic. If you have any interest in joining our Price Action Traders Institute, we have a discount for the podcast listeners. Simply check out the show note over at desiretotrade.com forward slash 100 and you're going to be able to see all the instruction there and everything we have to offer. If you guys want to connect with me after the show, check out the Facebook group over at desiretotrade.com forward slash group and I will see you guys next week for episode 101 which is going to be really awesome. Cannot wait to publish it of the Desire to Trade podcast. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Desire to Trade podcast. To get all the information on this show, free articles, and unique resources, make sure to check out www.desiretotrade.com and subscribe. Please leave us a review and let us know what you thought about the show. It's time to become the best trader you can be. See you next time.